0: everybody. Welcome to Caffeinated Humor. You know, this is going to be a bit of a flashback, because we're still in the middle of the pandemic. We're going into month-whatever, and this is looking back down the long road to history back. And if you recognize what movie that line's from, you just went up in my estimation. But this is about... Goodness. I was on my way to the Burning Man Festival, and if you've never found out what the Burning Man Festival is... It's like a lifestyle festival in the desert, goes on for a week, and it's just whatever you want it to be, it is. Whatever you've heard about it is probably true. But you can go a half block at this festival of like sixty to 80,000 people, and the whole dynamic changes. So keep in mind, it's something different for everybody. So don't nail it down, but make sure that you understand the range of what it could be. And because I didn't want to drive all the way into Burning Man, what it does to your car is horrible. The dust storms are like talcum powder, and it never comes out of your car. I flew into Reno, and I was getting a ride the next day out to Burning Man. That's kind of the setting for this whole thing. But the beauty about places like Reno and Vegas is that they, they're they always open for business. doesn't matter what that business is. They're open for it. And in their own way, they kind of remind me of Burning Man. It's like, whatever you want it to be, it'll be. You want to go gamble? Go gamble. You want to go see some shows? Go see some shows. You want to hang out on the street and see some really interesting nightlife? My goodness, that's there too. But I think a lot of people ignore... They get so caught up in what they're supposed to look at that they forget the stuff that they're not supposed to see you know if you go to to Las Vegas and all you see is the neon lights and catch the shows you're missing 98% of what Las Vegas is and Reno's no different I think that's one of the reasons that I when I first started writing the blog that became the podcast it was I began paying attention to that stuff I started paying attention to the things everybody misses you know the homeless guy out on the street what's his deal Because they all have a deal. They're also very kind of ritual oriented. So if you watch them long enough, you're going to see them go through their rituals. Perfect example of that was this guy I used to call Walker. Walker walked back and forth. But Walker never walked past 5 p.m. He never walked before 8 a.m. So you would always see Walker 8 to 5. Was it 5 p.m.? I think it was 5 p.m. But like banker hours, during those that period of time, he walked back and forth, a six-foot strip. And the sidewalk actually had a black mark from just the scuffing of his shoes back and forth all day long. And then he was just laying in the planter right next to it in his off hours. You know, just chilling, getting ready for tomorrow's walk. I can't help but think that he had killer legs underneath the, the, the grubby baggy clothes, but... That was his thing. That was his ritual. That's how he kept it together with whatever he was either born with or created in his own head. You know, And that either happens chemically or you just have shit that snaps in your life and here you go. It's not perfect, but it is what it is. But when you go to a different town, yeah, you meet the new local talent. Hell, I've written a lot of different things about being in a different town, meeting up with new local talent, seeing different people that are into different things, and of course, when it comes to the homeless, different rituals. And everybody has to have something. Very few people have nothing. And I hope that makes sense, but I get the feeling that it doesn't. But it's with that in mind, the going into a new place and kind of, hey, when in Rome, you know, do as the Romans. With all that in mind comes today's episode Joe for Jesus my new homeless BFF on today's caffeinated humor you know there's sort of a mindless joy to wandering through a casino fairly drunk on your ass It's in Reno, Nevada, not Las Vegas, but it plays by the same rules. And no, I'm not talking about that whole, what happens in Vegas nonsense. I'm talking about drinking. And there is nothing a professional casino loves more than a drunk. Because drunks gamble. Even people who don't gamble will gamble when drunk. Perfect example, me. I don't gamble. Ever. Not a dime. Long story, but I just don't. I'm down 150 bucks. You see what I mean? But the drinks are so cheap. You can go to any bar in one of the beach cities in Southern California, and getting drunk can be near 100 to $200, depending on what you're drinking. In a casino, ah, less than 20 bucks. Awesome. But not being a gambler, despite my sidestep into the world of video poker, I don't want to be in a casino. So it's time to go out. Some of the most viewed posts that were the most fun to write in this entire blog-slash-podcast have been concerning the homeless, so I decided to check out the local talent. Now, the wisdom of loading up on wildly low-priced Mexican beer prior to going out to observe the homeless is a poorly thought-out idea at best. But these things happen, and my judgment may have been a little cloudy at the moment. So I head out with almost a... A mild stagger, not a serious one. I have a 64-ounce Sands Regency cup, uh, change cup filled with Pabst Blue Ribbon. It's a shitty beer, let's not fool ourselves, but it's the only one that I could get the bartender to put into a change cup. Why is he putting it in a change cup, which he's definitely not supposed to do? Because a $20 tip is a well-respected tradition in the bartending industry, that's why. So that's the setting as I head out to find a new friend. I head out of the hotel casino complex and take a right away from the strip and down the block that gets ugly once the casino property ends. And it doesn't take long. Pick up your cross and follow me! Even with loud downtown Reno traffic, this man's voice cuts through the noise. Let me paint you a picture. The pants are made for a 500-pound man, but they were hemmed with a butcher knife and held up with that same 500-pound man's belt. There's a full foot and a half of excess belt hanging off past the belt buckle. A grade Sun Devils hoodie pulled over a, what appears to be a Pendleton, and I'm seeing two different collared t-shirts under that, and it's 100-degree weather. However, in Reno, it's more important not to be caught out in the cold than it is to be out in that kind of heat with multiple layers. But the main thing that stands out is a three-foot dark lacquered wooden cross marching down the middle of the street, blocking traffic, cross-held out in front of him like a standard bear, And maybe he is the standard bearer. So I got him out of the street and I decided we needed coffee. It was a really interesting walk four blocks down the strip to Starbucks. Joe for Jesus, as he will only refer to himself, often in the third person and always at the top of his lungs, is all about Jesus. And Jesus hates meth. That's a direct quote, and I'm even allowing in my memory for the distortion of it being screamed less than two feet away from me. Now, Joe for Jesus has a serious obligation to spread the word. Nice guy, but meth has destroyed any independent thought for him. So religion is really one of those things that is a necessary thing to fill the void for a guy like this. Totally necessary. Now, Joe for Jesus is fairly harmless. Well, like Hunter Thompson said, you never turn your back on a drug. Starbucks is less than thrilled to see us. It's a beautiful Starbucks. It's spacious. There's plenty of open tables. They have a nice patio out there. So I get us coffee and these delightful little mini cherry turnovers. And I take Joe for Jesus out into the patio in an attempt to A, tone it down, and B, he hasn't bathed in a few weeks. So it's like, let's at least get him outside for a little airing out. Plus, the manager is looking jumpy as hell. I didn't even get him to sample the the cherry turnover when uh, all hell broke loose. Joe for Jesus climbed on top of his chair to preach loudly and flail about with the wooden cross. Two patrol cars arrived just soon after. Now, I have ditched the change cup of beer prior to this, but I am in no condition to talk to the police. And the Reno police have no sense of humor in this kind of heat. Joe for Jesus is apparently well known by the local cops. They talk him down from the chair into the back of the cop car and they leave without any hassle. I have a very awkward conversation with the remaining officers. Does not go well as I had hoped. Now, it's a simple fact, but the Crown Victoria, even the the fleet version that they use for cop cars, is still plush as far as huge sedans go. In my head, I'm going over the financial who's who of my friends and family that might be able to wire me some bail money. But then it suddenly occurs to me, I'm not wearing handcuffs, and I haven't even heard my Miranda rights. Maybe things are different in Vegas, and I'm wondering if bail is different as well. So this could either be going really well in my favor, or really bad. If they begin driving out into the desert, I'll have my answer there. But then we pull up to my hotel. And I am admonished not to leave the complex. I forgot the one cardinal rule of Reno slash Vegas. Reno loves a drunk. And I love Reno. Time for more coffee. Hey, hope you liked today's episode. Like it, subscribe to it. Hell, there's a link around here to help support it. But most importantly, listen to more episodes. You can also go to Amazon. You're going to find a series of books under the name Caffeinated Humor based on the podcast. Take care and have a great day.